it's about looking at the business operations as a, as a system that don't require me to handle each individual part. It's about recognizing that there can every task to, to define the different tasks and then have systems in place to move the tasks from one stage to the next. Are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and level up your business from awesome CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the IMC CEO Podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Steven Sh- Steve Shorts of LSAT Unplugged. Steve, it's awesome to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me on, Gresh. No problem. Super excited to have you on. And before we jumped in, I want to read a little bit more about Steve so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And Steve is a full-time author, teacher, and founder of LSAT Unplugged, an online standardized test preparation company helping pre-law students achieve top LSAT scores. Steve increases LSAT score from 152 to 175 on the LSAT, the 99th percentile, and has taught the LSAT since 2005. He hosts the LSAT Unplugged YouTube channel and LSAT Unplugged podcast with an audience of over 100,000 on LSAT and law school admissions. He's helped thousands of students get into the law schools of their dreams, win large scholarships, and become successful attorneys. Steve, are you ready to speak to the IMCL community? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it then. So to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit here, a little bit more on how you got started and what led you to kind of do all the awesome work you're doing now. Yeah, sure. Thanks. So basically, I mean, I was was in college. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I thought maybe I'll go to law school, took the LSAT, after a very, very long struggle with the LSAT, I ended up succeeding on it, getting that 175. And so I started teaching it. And I really found I loved the LSAT. I loved teaching. And when it came time to submit my law school application, I was like, you know what? I'm not really sure I want to go to law school, but I know that I love what I'm doing now. Why don't I just keep doing it? And I've never looked back since. Nice. I absolutely love that. And, and as someone who has taken LSAT and got kicked in the butt by it, I know it's not an easy thing, but it's love that I love that you found your love by uh, in a kind of a different, unique way on the process of where you thought you were going to go. You found something kind of maybe in between or on the way it sounds like it's even bigger and better. Yeah. I mean, I definitely wasn't expecting this. It it seems kind of accidental. It really was accidental, even though it's on the road, as you say, but I I love what I do. And I found so many interesting things about the, about the business side of it as well. And the content side of it as well, that I'm just having fun with it, honestly, still. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, as, as someone who has taken the LSAT in the past, uh, a lot of times um, I almost consider, I've, I've heard law school is even a language, but de- de- definitely the LSAT itself is a language as well too. So I love that you've been able to kind of translate that to help these you know, future attorneys and people you know, be able to do great things and showcase themselves to these, uh, these top law schools. Yeah, thanks. I mean, it, it's good to know that you have the experience with it because you know how difficult it is. I mean, we could talk offline about the LSAT more if you want to, but I feel like um, the the journey elements and the business elements of it are also like equally interesting too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to drill down a little bit deeper because I know you're helping out, you know, so many people in different ways. So could you take us through how you serve your clients, what that process looks like in those business parts of it as well? Yeah, sure, sure. So I mean, for a long time, I was doing the one-on-one. Cl- I was meeting one-on-one with students. I was tutoring them or teaching them, and over time, I found there were other ways to support students as well that helped me scale the business further and scale the number of people I could serve further as well. And so one step of that process was creating eBooks. 
I had written a lot of blog articles in the past. I'd created a ton of written material. And I found that that was not able to support students as much as I would like because it was individual bite-sized pieces. I wanted to create something more comprehensive and give people a plan of attack for their studying. And so I created all kinds of different resources like guides, cheat sheets, checklists, written explanations, study plans that, you know, it allowed me to create a, a much more comprehensive set of support materials than simply the random odd blog post here, or blog post there. So that was one element. And that also helped me monetize at the same time. I also started teaching live classes that let me serve a number, a greater number of students at once and provide the support at a lower price point as well. So another win-win there. One more interesting thing I've done lately though is in I was already doing this pre-COVID, but I really scaled it up during COVID, was offering live online classes, not just on-demand videos, but live meetings over Zoom, connected with a bunch of students simultaneously. And that also allows for easier recording as well. So that has a, a longer term function too. So I'm, that's where I'm focusing mostly now. Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. And, and definitely, correct me if I'm wrong, it kind of sounds like you have different ways, because I, I, I always feel like we, you know, learn individually in our own unique ways. And sometimes by having different types of contents in different ways, it allows people to really get um, what they're looking for, which is that knowledge and information, but be able to get it in an ebook or a course or the live classes, or so many different ways, the podcast and all the awesome things you're doing as well, too, to be able to get that information, and that knowledge. Oh, yeah, there's so many different mediums available. Now, whenever I, I find a new one, whether it's something like TikTok or LinkedIn or Clubhouse, I'm thinking, how can I use this to share free LSAT information with a larger audience and provide more people with that kind of support? So yeah, you're absolutely right. Some people like the books and they, I have books for them. If they like the live classes and the community there, that's fantastic. If they can't make the live classes or prefer to study solo, the videos can be great for them too. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important to kind of uh, be where people are and understand what exactly what they're looking for and translate that message over to them. And so what would you consider to be uh, what I call your secret sauce, the thing you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique? Is it that ability to be able to translate in, in different ways on different platforms? Or do you feel like it's, it's something else that kind of uh, contributes to your secret sauce? I would say, I mean, definitely being open to trying new things in the legal field, which is kind of, can feel kind of static or stagnant sometimes. I feel like being always looking for the next opportunity to support people and the latest, the latest thing and experimenting with it. You know, some things may not work out at the end of the day, but it's worth trying. Like I found that like me talking about the LSAT on TikTok may not always be the most exciting thing. There are people who want that there, but I found that engaging with the TikTok community through stitches, you know, all the different tools that TikTok allows, like stitching with videos or creating duets or comment responses that tends to get more traction there and be a little bit lighter than covering a logic game in a one minute video, which <laughs> yeah. may not be the right medium, right, right content for the medium. So I experiment and try things out, but also I'm really looking to create community and foster connections between students rather than simply lecturing the supposed perfect answers. So those are two things I really strive to do. Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. And I think that um, I, I say so often, and you might definitely have been alluding to this and talking about this as well, too. We forget about that human aspect, that community feel in business. Um, so getting the opportunity to really build and foster those connections and those relationships. And of course, being able to understand, okay, this is, well, being able to uh, experiment and being able to kind of see, okay, this doesn't translate as well in this way, but let me do it, this, you know, in an alternative way, it, it kind of creates and, and builds to that fostering of community and relationships. Oh yeah. No, I'm all about the iteration. I'm all about trying out new things. And 
a lot of them fail. And luckily, most people never hear about the ones that fail. And that's <laughs> right. that, that could also, I mean, for I want to make sure people are aware of that, that. I've tried so many things that did not work out and I dropped them. But the things that do work out, I, I keep them and expand them more. And I also iterate and see, can I tweak a little bit? Because like I wanted to be on tape, like I wanted to connect with the younger generation, but I've got to do it on their terms and find what works best. But I create a lot of videos anyway. So I just basically put some aside and put the best ones onto TikTok for that platform. LinkedIn, something else altogether, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. And I love how you said, you know, you drop them because I think so many times we don't iterate. We continue to kind of, you know, drive home the nail, I guess you can say, of what we want to see work rather than being more like water and adjusting and changing and saying, okay, this will work. So let me use this someplace else. And maybe this was perfect for whatever platform we're, we're trying to use. Oh yeah, for sure. No, I think that the you can't just try it once only because a lot of things may fail the first time or the second time or the third time. And also may just be that your execution on that idea needs to change a little bit. Not that it's automatically an idea that's not going to work. And then a lot of things get easier with time as well. Like I would try out a new class format and the first couple of times it might feel really awkward. I might not, might, I might not be the best at executing on the idea, but if I do it 10 times, I can get enough experience with it that it actually works. And I have my group coaching mastermind calls and I've now done about 40 of them. And I, my first 10 were very different in style and I probably wasn't as good at facilitating those calls, but overdoing them for like a year and a half at this point, I've gotten a lot better at them and tried a lot of other, of other different types of experiences with it, within that same container. So the mastermind group coaching looks different now than it did back then. But even if I felt awkward about it the first couple of times, didn't mean I shouldn't keep doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of like one of the underlying secrets of success is it's not so much that you wake up and you know how to do everything. It's the the desire to continually try to experiment, uh, to see what works. And as you said so well, let go of those things and then kind of double down on the things that are working. And that's how you kind of reach your, your way to success. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. 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 So I wanted to uh, switch gears a little bit and I want to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? I would say the biggest thing that makes me more effective and efficient now is just getting support, just getting support, not trying to do it all myself for a very, very long time. I was trying to do everything myself and I would work like a dog. I would do like 12 plus hour days every day and I would achieve a lot. But I didn't realize how much more I could achieve if I got support on executing so many of these things. Would you consider that to be what I call your, your CEO nugget? So this is kind of a word of wisdom or piece of advice. Is it that uh, importance of, of being able to kind of understand your zone of genius and bring those team members on? Or would you consider something else that you would tell your younger business self? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing I wish I had told my younger self. And I mean, I've been doing this since 2005, full time since 2008. And we're now speaking 2021. I mean, I wish I had done this from the beginning. Honestly, there were so many things I was doing myself that if I, if I had taken those things off my plate, I could have achieved far beyond where I'm at now if I had done it back then. And even now, I'm still thinking, okay, well, what are the obligations I could take off my plate? But the nugget would definitely be to remove some of those things, remove as much from my plate as possible, except for my one unique zone of genius. And ideally, you know, really to bring myself to the point where the business could largely run without me. That's really a goal. Not that I don't want to do the LSAT. I love the LSAT, but everything that's not teaching the LSAT should ideally be off of my plate. So emails off my plate, um, schedule, choosing what gets scheduled because somebody else could make that decision for me and removing the decisions as well, which would be like, like a next level kind of hire. 
I know you touched on this a little bit, so I want to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on this show. So Steve, what does being a CEO mean to you? Oh, wow. Okay. So I think, I think being a CEO to me, it's a lot of what I've been talking about. Honestly, I would say it's, it's about looking at the business operations as a, as a system that don't require me to handle each individual part. It's about recognizing that there can every task to, to define the different tasks and then have systems in place to move the tasks from one stage to the next and look at the business as being able to run without me. And I, I focus on holding the vision, but the actual action items don't have to involve me personally making all of those little decisions. Yeah, that's extremely powerful. I often say so many times that when you start something, you have to have a amount of ego to say, hey, you know, I can create something that's bigger and better and really, you know, make a dent in the universe and impact on the world. But at the same uh, side of the coin or the different side of the coin, you have to be able to step back from your ego and say, hey, I, I don't want to do all the things. I shouldn't do all of the things, even if I know how to. That doesn't mean I should be doing that. And that's kind of like that balance beam of being a CEO and balancing what to do and what not to do and how you actually create something that grows and makes a bigger, bigger impact. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, that definitely, I, I really resonate with the, I mean, I've started a business for a while, so I, I, I recognize the, the ego and taking the action to, to think I could do it and mm. almost like oh, a little bit of naivete around that. <laughs> exactly. But then, and, but then on the flip side, it's like, okay, well, you know what, this actually does need to be me doing it and it can be fine. And maybe it can be only 80% accurate or alternatively, somebody else could be doing things better than I can do them myself. And then I started thinking, well, a lot of these things can be done without me and go perfectly fine. So they're like, well, what do they need me for? Like, <laughs> it's like well, it's, I mean, in my business, I mean, it's a lot of it is like teaching the LSAT specifically, but I've also hired instructors as well. And so I, once I realized I could hire instructors who would do a great job, then it was like, oh, wow. Like it's more about holding the vision mm-hmm. and focusing on the areas that I want to focus on. Yeah, that's extremely powerful. I love that phrase, holding the vision, because that's the thing that's kind of holding the business together and all the people are working and rowing in that way towards that vision and that goal. So Steve, truly appreciate that definition. And I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is just pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get a hold of you and find out about all the awesome things that you're working on. Oh, thanks so much. I mean, I really enjoyed this conversation, Gresh. I guess that um, the biggest thing I would leave folks uh, with is like, don't be afraid to get help from others because your vision is almost certainly big enough that you won't be able to execute it to its fullest potential alone. If your vision is truly that, that large and world-changing, you're going to want support to achieve it. No one is equally masterful at everything, so focus on your unique zone of genius and get support in the other areas that can help to propel you forward. And I always love chatting about this stuff. Folks can always feel free to reach out to me personally. I'm on all the social platforms. Folks can DM me. My contact information is out there, my website and such. And I, and I encourage folks to reach out. And of course, if you're looking for help with the LSAT of the law school mission process, feel free to reach out as well and I can help you. Nice, nice, nice. I truly appreciate that, Steve. We will have the links and information in the show notes as well, too, to make it even easier for people to get a hold of you. Um, but I, I love everything you're doing and all the words of wisdom you gave to us today. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Don't forget to schedule your complimentary digital marketing consultation at blue16media.com. 
This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.